Hey guys, welcome to the joint review. I'm Ember. And I'm Emily. And we're gonna the be podcast good. jazz hands. <laughs> uh, today we're gonna be going over Pet Cemetery, but the one made in 1989. Is it 89? Yeah. It's an old movie. I was thinking it was from the 70s, so it's not nearly as old as I thought it was. <laughs> Um, we also watched the newer one, but not as recently, so we will be reviewing that later on in the, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Pet Cemetery was originally a story written by Stephen King. Yeah, my boy! <laughs> my weird-looking boy. I love him. It's one of my favorite horror movies. Uh, I read the book long before I read the, um, uh, before I read the movie. And that sounds so fucking pretentious. I read the book long before I saw the movie. No. Uh, <laughs> Pshaw. Tell me more. For you see, I am not a peasant. Anyway, uh, I am. I'm. I'm a well-learned woman. I know how to read. <laughs> My father was rich enough that I got to learn to read. <laughs> My father knew about this. Anyway, I'm sure you haven't read Pride and Prejudice, have you? Meh, <laughs> 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 I imagine that's how rich people people laugh. <laughs> At least in our heads. <laughs> um. Anyway, the movie starts out at this pet cemetery. <laughs> Roll credits. Uh, <laughs> ding. <laughs> um. And like, meanwhile, like, there's the creepy, ominous orchestral music, and like, little kids doing weird, creepy rhymes about their dead dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, Rover, Rover, won't roll over anymore, or something like that. And they're just like, but they're all different, and it's just like, um... Is that, this is a tradition? This is like, okay, now that your pet's dead, you have to come up with some weird, sick rhyme ha- having to... <laughs> about playing with him or something. About, about how he's now dead. Go! It's part of the grieving process. <laughs> Oh, but it's like it's panning over all of these just gravestones for pets, and it has like some of them have pets' names because they're f- like they're not new, new, but they've been there for like maybe ten years. Rusty. And then there's like ones where you can't even. There's no name anymore. It's Biffer. Smooth. Biffer Biffer. Had a good sniffer. Biffer. <laughs> <laughs> Such a silly and excellent name. Come here, Biffer! It's one of the dwarves. Oh, yeah. Biffer, Boofer, and Bomber. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Guess the Hobbit did come out by then. Uh Uh-huh. Holy shit, that kid was just a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) He just didn't know how to spell the name. He forgot. B-I-F-F-E-R. Yeah, did it. (laughs) Or I'm I'll, I want to name him a nerd name, but I don't. But kids make fun of me for it, so I'm gonna spell it different, so they leave me alone. 
But deep down, I'll know. I'll <laughs> know. Oh, he's my favorite dwarf. <laughs> he was a good dwarf. He was a kind dwarf. He actually cared about Bilbo. It's true. Is he the one with the white curly outy beard? Uh, he's the one with the curly hat. Oh, that guy! Yeah. He's the fucking best. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're not talking about the Hobbit, though. <laughs> it doesn't help there's a Hobbit poster, like just behind the recording setup. <laughs> so we're all just staring at it. And they're pretty. Pet cemetery. we need to refocus. <laughs> Off to a flying start. We're not even a minute into the movie and we are like five minutes into the podcast. This is... Um, but it keeps panning over like these gravestones for pets and then it gets to... They're pulling up to the house, and it's like, In they just bought it. crappy old 80s wagon. <laughs> they just bought it. And, you know, daughter gets out, dad gets out, just kind of leans on the car and stares up at the house, because, like, yeah, I fucking bought that with my doctor money. <laughs> yeah, manly pride. <laughs> Providing for my family. <laughs> and then the wife gets out, and he's like, well, what do you think? And she just has this, like, look on her face. You know the one. The one capital L. And then she just and then it melts into a smile and goes, I love it! And like, it's perfect. What, what kind of white-ass privilege do these folks have that they could buy a house without like, you know, none of you even know what it really looks like. Uh-huh, you just bought it. God, that'd be nice. Just go on like that one, please. I'll move in and move in Thursday. Bye bye. <laughs> um, and then their daughter goes off to like play on this tire swing, and she like she sees as she's swinging, she sees this little trail like through this patch of flowers or some shit lined with stones. Yeah, very clearly a path. Please come this way into the dark, deep dark woods. Mm hmm. And meanwhile, they pulled the, like, wee little toddler boy out of the car and just stood him there and walked away. Well, like, the mom was still there, like, by him because she was, like, in the trunk Mm. of the car. And the dad was still, you know, by the driver's side door for whatever goddamn reason, just staring up at his house and pride. Yeah, he's too, too busy staring off into the fucking... Sex he's gonna get later for nailing this house, and <laughs> and like their daughter's swinging on this tire swing, and the mom's just like, "Hey, be careful, honey! Don't get hurt!" And then almost immediately, immediately snap, <laughs> the rope snaps, and like she falls onto her butt, but she's still like in- her legs are under the tire because she's still in it, and like it takes a second for her to realize what just happened, and then she starts crying. And both parents go running over to her, leaving the toddler by the car. Which, mind you, is a really big road where a truck goes by occasionally. Like, and I'm not talking in, in like, a little ram-tough fucker. I'm talking semi. And it's like this backwoods road, so, like, you can go as fast as you want, and it's like, it's... Except there's, it's not that backwoods. There's, like, they showed a lot of houses. Like, occasionally. Like, there were more houses up and down the road. They just judged it's, place was closer. It's and so on that, the like, way out of town. I know, but, like, what the fuck? 
I mean, I can honestly say, as almost as soon as I'm getting out of town, I'm already speeding. Yeah, but you're also not driving a semi. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, that's still bad. <laughs> I don't think anyone should speed in a residential area. Kids are stupid. Yeah, they are. Speaking of kids are stupid, this toddler is like. Immediately starts wandering toward the road. <laughs> immediately. And, you know, this truck, it pans over and you see this truck also coming down the road, which is fun, because he's going pretty fast. Okay, I just like to say, a toddler does not suddenly have the urge to run and at that age. That may, your toddler has been running since it could he could walk if he's that fat if that if he's that potentially wanderlusty. Mm-hmm. Like so, you had to have known if you put him down, he was gonna wander away. Mm-hmm. And you set him down next to the car by a new road that he doesn't know anything about. That you don't know anything about. <laughs> and like, uh. You know, the parents are like, they look around. The mom looks up and she's just like, hey, where's our kid? I forget his name. Gabe. Where's Gage? Gage. Where's Gage? And then, like, they both look over and, like, he's already stepping into the road. He's toddler sprinting. Mm hmm. And, like, so they go sprinting after him and, like, you know, truck's getting closer. And then, just as they're about to get to him, this old man just comes over, picks him up, and, like, takes him over as the semi-truck passes by. <laughs> yeah, and here comes the best old man. Judd is the best. He's so sweet. Yes, he is. And the actor who plays Judd in this version of the movie is the Frankenstein monster from Meet the Monsters from way back when, the old TV show. Which is near, really cool, and when I once I figured that out, I couldn't unsee it in a few scenes. <laughs> but like, he's just like, you should, you know, keep an eye on your kid. This people go pretty fast down this road. Lol, truckers suck. Anyway, here's your kid back. <laughs> Saved his life. No piggy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um. Um. Then. Uh, the road thing. They ask about the road. The trail. Like, little trail thing that the daughter saw. I'm like, my daughter saw a trail that goes into the woods. Where does it go? Ah, that, that trail. Yes. That's so, a... That's a good story. And a good walk. It's a, it's a long story. I'll tell you about it sometime. Anyway, bye. <laughs> no, that doesn't tell me... Is there something dangerous I need to know? Like, what is... But, like, they don't question him. At all. After he doesn't answer their question. I would have accepted an, um... Yeah. But, like, the mom's just like, Okay, well, I'd better get him changed. Going inside now. now. I have motherly duties to take care of. One thing that bothered me in the movie was his... Like, main dude's wife called him Doc. You mean, be a playful nickname? Like, maybe, but like, I get Judd saying it, because like, hey, doctor, you know? Yeah. But like, I'd expect her at least to have something more, like, lovey, I guess. 
This is the 80s. People didn't truly love each other when they got married. <laughs> I know. She called him Doc because their marriage was already strained at this point, and this is their one chance to, you know, make it better. And this is like, oh, I know how to fix this marriage. We'll have another kid. And we'll move to a place in the country. I'm sure you'll love it. Please love it. Please love me. <laughs> <coughs> But then it, you know, cuts to that night, whatever. They're tucking the girl in. Which, by the way, there's still... It's clearly that night because there's a bunch of unpacked boxes. And then it shows the guy walking outside and they already fixed the tire swing. Mm-hmm. Like, why was that so high on the list of priorities and moving into a new place? Right. Well, broke that. Better fix it. Immediately. Also wondered, did they use the same rope and just like... Just tie her up. Just tie her up. Probably. That's safe. <laughs> and then the dude walks over to Judd's place, and, like sits down, has a beer with him. And Judd's just like, so... After I being scared by his own cat. Uh-huh. He's like, so I lied to you about not knowing where that went. He, well, he didn't say he didn't know. He said it was a good story. <laughs> That's fair. He just didn't tell them what it was. He just didn't answer the question. That's fair. So then he decides to answer the question from earlier that day, telling him, "Hey, yeah, that's a that goes to a pet cemetery. This road has taken a lot of animals." And you know, because it's a movie, the truck goes by perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. See. Stupid road. <laughs> Truckers going too fast? Who do they think they are? Old man grumbles. <laughs> and then... Oh yeah, they had the most wooden conversation. Like... <laughs> I'm not sure the person who was playing the main dad character was really comfortable with his role yet at this point. Because, like... It's like as the movie goes on, he gets more suited for the character. Yeah, because like the he can only act scared or crazy if he's he can't act like a normal human being. And this entire time, he has looked dead inside, except for when he's been looking at the house very lovingly. Like later, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me and you later. You can polish up some of those paint pieces and. Um, <laughs> Uh, Shine your shingles. <laughs> I'm gonna stick this in the gutter anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll rake your gutter later. Ew. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we hit. Uh, fucking yawn. Okay. Um, but like, he has the most wooden conversation, and like, uh, t- it takes a lot of animals, you know. Oh. Oh, my daughter has a cat. His name is... His name is Church. Winston Winston Churchill. Churchill. We call him Church for short. Yeah, we call him Church. And it was just like such a weird chunk of information. Even the guy he was telling it to was like, Ah, okay. (laughs) I didn't ask, but thanks. Yeah. Now you better get your cat fixed. Then he won't wander around. Get hit by a truck. He's like, yeah, I'll take that advice. Okay, any salt? Sure. Except the next day he immediately gets the cat fixed. 
<laughs> That's fair. Mainly because his wife probably was just like, yeah, we should probably get him fixed. That's probably a good idea. Oh, no. Now, she's been nagging him for years, but finally a man said it. <laughs> and she's like, I am glad you finally listened to me. And he's just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Go with that. She's like low-key Karen throughout the whole thing. Um... You good? Yeah, I'm good. There was a hair that I was trying to get, but I kept missing it. <laughs> so, that was hard. Um, she makes him promise to their daughter that church is going to be fine. We'll come back home alive. Because she's worried. Uh-huh. And his wife doesn't like dealing with death or talking about it in any capacity. Mm-hmm. And so in front of her mother, like, hey, yes, church is going to live forever. Goodbye. Yeah. And, like, this this child doesn't talk like a fucking nine-year-old. No. She talks like a... Tw- she talks like a 12-year-old, to be honest. Uh-huh. The script was not well written for, like, her. <laughs> Unless they wanted her to be older, but, like, I don't think... Mm. And then he takes off for work. Oh, yeah, and you meet, like, one lady who has, like, one line the whole thing. Her name's Missy. Yeah. You know Missy's name, but you don't know the kid's name who's, like, the main plot? (laughs) She had, like, one or two lines. (laughs) Don't you know I love the background characters? There's only this, there's only two <laughs> scenes with her in it. <laughs> um, and she fucking says, like, oh, uh, Missy, do you mind, uh, doing more laundry? I don't do you mind coming in on Monday? Oh, that's what it was. And, like, Missy- Do you mind doing more laundry? <laughs> but, uh. She's just like, I don't mind. And then, like. Oh, he's a doctor, huh? It'd be nice to have a doctor around. Maybe he'd take care of my stomach problems. Problems, but, you know, I've never been married. Married, I guess I'll die alone. Oh, well, bye! (laughs) I'd have to live with these forever by myself. And, like, the lady, and, like, the wife is like, Okay. Bye. Bye, then. (laughs) Thank you for unloading your entire life story into three sentences. (laughs) And then they toddle off in different directions. Then it goes back to the dude. He's already dropped off the cat. And, like, uh, he gets into work. And immediately, a kid, like, this one college student gets drug in. Half of his head is missing. Because he just got hit by a truck. Foreshadowing. Um... Like, he, he, like, a good chunk of his head was missing, blood's everywhere, blood, he's... He's literally on a blanket being brought in by, like, six other college kids. Which, good, good on them. (laughs) Yeah, like, they were, they acted fast. In the newer one, I think it's an ambulance that gets there, or Mm. something. But, like, they were, like, helping this kid, and, like, one of the ladies gets, like, dragged away from him and she's just, like, sobbing and covered in blood. Like, I didn't know what to do! (laughs) And, uh, 
he's like, well, we, and the other nurses are like, well, shit. And he's like, well, we're doing this by the books, goddammit. You go call 911, you... Everyone go do something. Leave me alone. And then, like, as soon as... Then he starts pumping, like, the air squeezy thing into his mouth as they all scatter. And then as soon as the last person leaves, he just stops and sits down by the bed that this kid's on. Yeah, he fucking, like, and done. Now we can stop pretending. You're gonna die. This is not recoverable from your br- I can see your brain hanging out. <laughs> and so, and then he just, and then he like sighs and somehow he like puts his head in his hands, just like there, and so. I don't remember him doing that. Well, like he did like this, like he leaned forward a bit and just kind of, huh. Ah, he, he kind of slouched. Mm hmm. Um, he says something that, like, makes this relate to his life. I don't remember what he said, but I remember thinking, like, oh, sure, gonna have a hard time telling my wife about this today, or something like that. And, like, right. <laughs> right. And then, like, this, the kid on the fucking gurney just, like, coughs up blood on him, and he's like, ah! And, like, grabs him by the wrist and creepily says one word at a time. Men have stonier hearts. Thud. <laughs> the dirt of a man's heart is stonier. Is that what it said? Yeah. It was something like that. So, and of course, this took a whopping 48 seconds. <laughs> and, like, he's just... And, like, he says his name. And he's just like, how do you know my name? <laughs> I've never met you. How do you know my name? I've been here for, like, three days. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen you. And then the ambulance gets there and he gets wheeled away or whatever. And, like, Lewis gets to go back home because it's been a long day for you. I know it's only been, like, two hours, but it's been a day. You can go home. (laughs) And so he gets back home. In the book, he gets a very detailed bath hand job from his wife. Does he? Mm Mm-hmm. She uh, she heard about what happened, and so she sent um, the she had the neighbor watch the kids, I think, hmm. or had Missy watch the the kids weren't <clears throat> there is the main thing, and she greets him at the door completely nude. Oh, <clears throat> oh, his bad like, scene isn't as interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, he takes a. Oh, that's way later, though. Yeah, it's later on in the movie. <clears throat> but, uh... He gets back home, and, like... His daughter comes to him, like, fucking crying or some shit. I think. I don't remember what happens there. Kind of... The scene was kind of mediocre after that, so I can't, I don't really... <clears throat> I don't remember much of it. Um, Doesn't really matter. (laughs) That night he uh, he dreams of the man who died in his uh, died in his arms. Yeah, that does happen. He just like he's laying there in bed, and the guy whose name is Pascal 
all just leans over and goes, Hey, Doc, wake up. We're going for a walk. Follow his me. His brain's still hanging out, covered in blood, <clears throat> except now he's gray-toned. Mm-hmm. That's how you know he's dead. Mm-hmm. He has some veins, but they're not as prominent yet. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he takes Lewis down the path through the pet cemetery, and Lewis is just like, we're not supposed to go that way. And he's just like, no, come on, it's fine, duck, come on. Oh, before this, we, um, was the cemetery scene where Judd takes them down to the cemetery. And, right. And Karen has a kind of like a weird... Conniption. Conniption. Because she has a weird thing about death. Like, death isn't a bad thing. And, like, Judd's, the old man, is like, don't worry, little Ellie. Death isn't necessarily a bad thing. And she goes all caring on. It's like, what do you mean it's not a bad thing? That's horrible. She doesn't need to know about death this way. Blah, 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 Shit like that. And he's just like, okay. Cool. And then he proceeds to tell her that death isn't a bad thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, it happens to the best of us. You know, whatever. And then... And he does it in a nice old man way and with, like, metaphors and shit. Mm-hmm. Because he's a sweet old man. And the movie wants you to like him. And it succeeds. It really does. Um, then he gets taken out to there by the dead guy. He's like, come on. Over this mound of sticks. Let's go. And like, no, he just points him at the mound of sticks and go, "Don't ever go over that mound of sticks ever." That's fair. <laughs> or Nick, like, see this giant mound of sticks that's like really ominous and like almost a story and a half tall. Don't go over it. Cool. <laughs> now that I've horrified you into having that message because I've been scaring you the whole walk here. Um, Good night. <laughs> Have fun. And then, like, he's... The entire time Lewis has been following this guy, he's been having... He's been slowly going crazy. Just like, I tried to save you. It's not my fault that you died. Please don't hurt me. And he's like, bit... Don't go over this wall of sticks. (laughs) Go back to bed. And then he, like, curls up on the ground. And he wakes up the next morning and takes the covers... In his bed. His, he removes the covers and his feet are fucking covered in dirt. And Mud's like, oh god, it wasn't a dream. Blah, blah, blah. Dumps the sheets into the laundry chute because his house is old enough to have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and then he makes his way downstairs where his wife is. Yeah, um, and Brisbane doesn't say a word about last night. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Next. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. Um, you remember that character who had two lines that they mentioned once in the very beginning of the movie? She is, it now shows her going down to her own, in her own basement well, and it, hanging herself. Well, it, she writes a note first. Oh, did she? She wrote a note first upstairs, at the very end, puts sorry, and then sets the pen down and goes downstairs. And fucking hangs herself. Mm-hmm. And that's and those are the only scenes she's in. <sighs> mm-hmm. It had a bit more impact on the in the 
in the book. I believe that. It, if um, it did happen in the book, now that I think about it, no, I'm not sure. And then we get to see Stephen King as the dude conducting the funeral. Mr. Preacher Man. <laughs> it's actually Stephen King, too. Mm-hmm. I know you just said that, but it's just... That makes me giddy. <laughs> and they're at Missy's funeral, so that's fun. The wife is still uncomfy with death, so she's just kind of been, like, zoning out that entire time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then... Kid asks... Is... Church really gonna die one day? Like, is he really gonna croak one day? Yeah. He says, she says croak, and like, it does not sound nine or however old she <laughs> She's supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> and, and, oh, kid. Um, you know, the dad tells her, yeah, one day, but like, hopefully it's whenever he's older or whatever. And then, oh, you know. by the time you're in high school. Mm hmm. And uh, then the kid asks, you know, is is there really like a hell of heaven time kind of thing? Like a good place and a bad place? It's a good show. <laughs> and uh, the dad just like, you know, tries to tell her like these nice things of like, yeah, you know, if there's anything I'm going to be faithful in it, settlers, you know, these two things or whatever. Yeah, like... And you can have faith in whatever you want. Which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And then the mom's just like, no, just don't talk about that. Stop that right now. No. She's, no? No, she isn't, because um, she, she rewards him with handling the situation so well with her backstory. That, okay, right. I've noticed a pattern. When you're high and dying to remember something, people you don't like become meaner. Yeah, I've no I just noticed that too. <laughs> like, I've decided it. they're meaner in my head than they actually are, just because I don't like them. Which, to be fair, same. Like, you don't really get most of her backstory until it's, like, not really relevant anymore. Because, like, it would have been better to have that backstory before she started reacting like this to things. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the first time her weird reaction, and then it explains after that. Yeah. I feel. But whatever. Mm hmm. Apparently, she used to have a sister, an older sister, who had some sort of. Spinal meningitis. Ah, that's what she had. Yeah. And her older sister's name was Zelda. And her. Because her parents are nerds! <laughs> and like, they left her in the back room. And, like, they didn't talk about her. She never came out because she was their dirty laundry and shit. Yeah, their, the dirty secret that the parents just pretended wasn't there, really. Uh-huh. And then her fucking parents left her, an eight-year-old, to watch after her dying sister. And, uh, you know, and feed her and shit. Like, damn. And, like, her sister actually dies. And she's like, it's my fault she died. And I was glad she was dead, because everyone was, like, she was creepy, she was mean, she was... Mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> and, like, like, every day I woke up like, God, is Zelda dead yet? <laughs> and 
And, like, how after she died, she ran outside and, like... Was laughing. The neighbors thought she was crying, but she was like, I realized I was actually laughing. And it's just really weird how she explained it. Because <laughs> it's like, you thought... You would, you would think that he'd already know the story, being her husband, for however many years. Yeah, how, at least... At very least, however old the daughter is. Yeah. It's like you had like this story would have should have been mentioned sooner than this. You haven't brought it up until now. And you've always been acted this weirdly around death and I've asked you why and you never explained it to me. Just <laughs> Um But then for Thanksgiving Oh wait, hang on, he um he's like, You poor thing, uh let me get you a Valium. Oh, I don't need one. You're getting a Valium. <laughs> right. Right. He's like, you know what? He points at her. She's like, you know I don't like those. You're getting a Valium because I don't want to... I can't stand you while you're crazy. It's, you know, a healthy 80s marriage. <laughs> and then Thanksgiving rolls around and it's colder. And he's... Sending off her and the kids to her parents' place for Thanksgiving. Like, hey, patch it up with your parents. It's fine. I'll stay here. Watch the house. And she's like, are you sure you don't want to come? I'm sure they'd love to have you there. And he's like, like, no, they fucking don't. Don't lie to you. Don't lie to me. They don't. Okay, but I want you there. I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to be around people that don't like me. Have fun at your parents. See ya. And, like, if that doesn't tell you how strained their marriage is, like, I don't know what will. Because, <laughs> like, no, you go on. I don't want to meet. I don't, I don't want to kiss your parents' asses. I don't, no, thank you. I don't want a brown nose. Also, after that story you told me a few days ago, I especially don't want to meet them again because I now know what they're like. Right. I already know they don't like me. They don't need to not like me more. And then, uh, that night, church gets run over, and Judd calls, you know, the, their house the next morning, and he's just like, I, there's a... No, it was that night, because the sun was setting. Was it? Yeah. Right. And, like, he's just kind of like, oh, there's a run over cat on my side. Pretty sure it's yours. <laughs> Pretty sure it's your daughter's. You might want to come check it out. He goes over and picks up this fucking, it like, it rips it off the ground because it's fucking frozen to the earth. Uh-huh. He's like, that's Churchill, right? And, like, and his neck lolls over in an unnatural angle. Just, <laughs> And, like, puts him in a plastic bag and just... Jed's just like, well, I'm sorry it had to turn out this way. What are you gonna do with him? I guess I'll just put him in the garage and bury him in the morning. Yeah. And then Jed's just like, well, you know, I can, uh, go with you. Or you can follow me. <laughs> and he ta- and proceeds to take him on a very long hike. Down to the um, pet cemetery, over the terrifying bramble wall. 
And, like, they keep going. And he almost falls through. Uh-huh. Then up some cliffs and a long, <laughs> windy path. And this entire time, Jed's just like, hey, it's not that much longer. We're almost there. <laughs> You've been saying that. For the past 30 minutes. <gasps> and by the time they get to the Micmac burial ground, it's already, like, midday. <laughs> No, no, it wasn't midday. It was. It started in the evening. Did it? Uh-huh. It started in the evening, and it was almost dark by the time they got there. Because that's why he said he'll bury it in the morning. It was already late. That's fair. And then, like, the old man's just like, so you'll have to, you know, dig it up yourself and bury uh, him. I'd help you, but... Uh, it's against the rules. <laughs> And, and the dude's like, what the f- Fine. I'm like, go and, smoke a cigarette over here. Have fun. <laughs> and, like, the guy who's, like, dragged his cat in a, like, fucking who knows how many miles goes fucking fine, I guess, and picks up the axe and, of course, makes a nice clanging sound. Uh-huh. Meaning he's gonna have to put in real fucking effort to bury this thing. And then he finally gets it buried. Like, however many hours later. And then they make their way back. And uh, as uh, and now it's way late. It's nice and dark. <laughs> like, they part ways. Jed goes to his house. Oh, wait, Jed, before they disappear, Jed just goes, Oh, by the way, don't tell anyone about what the fuck we just did. What did we do, Jed? Now just don't tell anyone. Yeah. Bye. Just, uh, giving you some extra time. Well, bye! <laughs> and then, uh, he calls his wife's parents' place, and is just like, hey, can I speak to my daughter? And I think they called, the- that doesn't fucking matter. He's on the phone with, <laughs> with his daughter. <laughs> and she's like, how's church doing? Is he okay? Does he miss me? I had a dream he died or something. Yeah. I had a dream he got run over and died. And the dad's just like, Haha, he's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. I, last I saw him, he was asleep on the porch. He'll be fine, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the next day, it's the, the cat came back the very mm. next day. Boop, doop, boop, boop, <laughs> except it's spooky. Yeah, like he's walking into the garage or some shit, and like the cat fucking hisses and yells at him, and he like falls backwards onto his ass. Which I think I would too, especially mm-hmm. after I buried the cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's all ma- and like it's all mangy looking and <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he finally manages to like catch it and like realizes, oh shit, that's actually church and alive. <clears throat> that's He's got blood on him. You you were in the dirt. You had to claw your way out. There's plastic between your toes. Because <laughs> of the trash bag you were in. And then he goes to Judd and like he's freaking out a little, going, Oh my god, I buried the cat alive. And Judd sits down like, We both know that that cat was fucking dead as a doornail when you buried him. <laughs> His head was rolling on ball bearings when you picked him up. He... He made a Velcro sound when you ripped him from the ground. Because he was frozen. Because his heart was no longer beating. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, 
I'm going to tell you some stories now. Story time. I buried my dog up there when he died because he ran into some barbed wire and got infected. He came back and he wasn't the same dog. I don't know why. Man doesn't know why he does. He does things sometimes, Lewis. Like that somehow explains why the fuck he showed this to. Uh-huh. The book does a better idea. Better um. Job of explaining. Yeah, it kind of like it kind of alludes to like it might just be the curse of the place. It has um, to spread. To be fair, Stephen King did write the screenplay for this, so he probably did cut some things out. Mm-hmm. They probably had to because of time. Mm-hmm. So, like, it makes sense, but, like, Stephen King put in, like, what he thought was important. That's fair. Which is like, we don't need this. Brush it away. <laughs> <laughs> it just said it did a better job, but whatever. <laughs> um. Um. Then. Then the kids come home. And, like, the girl mentions he smells really bad I don't like the smell (laughs) can cats have shampoos can I save I'm willing to save my allowance (laughs) so that we can get this cat a bath (laughs) cause like the mom was just like yeah and there's like you know there's probably professionals that can do that but it costs a lot of money I will save my nickels if it means (laughs) that this cat can smell better please mom and the dad's just like, we'll save up for it. And like, don't worry, I'll pitch in. <laughs> Says mildly with father-laden guilt. Uh-huh. And she's just like, I, he, I don't like the smell. He's like, I know, I don't either. I had to deal with it while you were gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's why he's been in the cellar most of the time. Don't want to deal with his shit. <laughs> oh yeah, and there's the creepy bath scene we mentioned earlier. Yeah, he's like, he gets into this really, like, mucky bath water. Yeah, for some reason the bath water looks fucking yellow, and I don't know if that was just the lighting, or... It was probably the lighting. Probably, you're probably right. It just, it made the water look real nasty. But, like, he goes around and makes sure that, like, everything in the bathroom's fine, there's nothing that could probably get in door shut tight whatever he gets in he's trying to relax and then this thing plops into the water with him and it's a dead bleeding rat this is the wa- and the blood's it's slowly coagulating the water and he's like oh god and like he tosses the rat out and then gets out and the fucking cat like hisses at him again from up on a shelf just like sup and he's just like how the fuck did you get in here the door was shut. I locked it. And the cat's just... And then, like, he fucking throws the cat out and just, like, ugh, everything's gross. I feel gross. Because he stepped on the dead rat and he even goes, aga! Which, honestly, same. Uh-huh. And, like, he's just... He's having a hard time. I don't want to put my leg. <laughs> I want to stretch out, but I also don't want to cry out of you. You're good. Okay. Um... So that scene happens, and he's very not having a good time with the cat. Maybe the cat isn't the same. Uh-huh. Before all this, the cat scratched his cheek. 
Yeah, Cat scratched his cheek after, well, after he was kind of fondling it and checking its neck, because, mm-hmm. like, didn't your neck break? Yeah, and it was just like, stop touching me, peasant, and smacked, smacked him. <laughs> except his claws. Yeah, except angrier and more possessed-like. Mm-hmm. Um, then... You know, months pass again. It's like spring or summer. They're flying kites. Yeah. And, like, they're having a picnic with Jet, with Judd, who's, like, honorary grandpa at this point. Mm-hmm. And... Like, there's tons of flowers. It's nice and sunny. There's birds. <laughs> and Gage is just like, I want to fly the kite. But, like, in a, you know, three-year-old way. So it's less articulate. Thought he was flying the kite. That's why he wandered off. Well, first it was the dad just doing it, and like the mom was the girl who said it. Eh, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it's a minor detail. Who gives a shit? <laughs> the mom's just like, you should let Gage fly, and the dad's just like, yeah, that's a good idea. Come on, Gage. And Gage like toddles over, and the sister's like, hey, I want to fly the kite. And mom's just like, you gotta wait your turn, bitch. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Paraphrasing, of course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and like, silence, peasant, you must wait your turn. And the child's like, okay, I guess. Kite. <laughs> You're struggling over there. A little bit. And then, like, the dad is, you know, actually actively yes. helping Gage, you know. Making sure he doesn't fly away with the kite. Then it cuts to a guy in a truck driving way too fast down a residential road. Mm-hmm. Like, there's other houses. Like, there's neighborhoods. Fucking bruh. Yeah, and then the dad lets go of Gage, and, you know, he tells Gage, go on, go, you know, fly the kite. Go run with it. And, like, you know, the child does that. And he turns the fuck away from the child that's running away from him. Yeah, like 180s his back to his kid because he's looking at his other kid or something. I don't know what the fuck. He's doing, he's talking to like the adults over there and. He wasn't even fucking saying anything. That's what was pissing me off. He was just watching them um, and like kind of giggling at what they were saying. Mm -hmm. He had. (sighs) And the kid had to go a bit of a ways. To get into the road. Yeah, like, he, he, ha, this is my least favorite scene, because, like, this kid has already shown that he's not willing to stay away from the road, and you're, the road is right over there, you can see the road. And this kid has been wandering at random intervals throughout the whole movie, you should know better not to keep your back on him for longer than maybe a second. (laughs) Like, as soon as my kid got more than five feet away from me, I would start following it. He did none of that. Especially if it's that young and he can't even talk, really. And, like, the kid is now maybe, like, ten feet away from the road when Judd is just like, Don't let him get in the road! Because someone had to be paying attention. Uh-huh. And then he turns around and starts fucking man-sprinting toward his son. And, like, Judd's also running towards the kid, but, like, in that Ooh. old man way. Yeah, like, fast, but kind of tottering. Uh-huh. And he's fucking sprint. He had a bit of a ways to sprint. Bef- 
and the kid still isn't quite in the road yet, and he's still a ways away. Like, how long were you not looking at your kid? Right. <laughs> that was a, that was quite the distance. And like, you can tell he was actually, you know, trying to get to his kid, and, and then the he last second he tripped over something and like fell, but he's. He, like, started crawling on all fours to, like, try and get to his son still, which I appreciated. Because they didn't do that in the newer one. The newer one is its own bag of worms that we will... We will open that sometime later. Yeah. And then, you know, the getting... Like, running the kid over made the trucker fucking crash his own truck. Yeah, the poor fucker. It never really showed him again. I wonder if he also died. He probably did. Yeah. Poor dude. And and then, you know, the stereotypical no scene. Uh-huh. And then, you know, their life got turned on its fucking head. And so, like, they're all fucking grieving. He's... I have a feeling if, the, if this was normal, if this was done normally, uh, like if he wasn't, if, like if their son just died, and none of this pet cemetery nonsense was involved, I feel like they would just they would have eventually gotten a divorce. Probably, just like it's not working out. Sign the papers, please, please let me out of this. <laughs> but um, now Judd is sitting at the table with Lewis, and Lewis looks even more dead inside as he fucking disassociates. Yeah, he's just staring at his knees. And, like, the daughter comes in, and she's like, I miss Gage. And she's, like, holding can't, this... Can't God take it back? He could take it back if he wanted to. He could bring Gage back, right? I have faith that he can bring Gage back. And the dad's just kind of like, oh... Why did I tell you that? <laughs> and Judd is just like trying to change the subject, so he's just like, What's that you got there? Can I see it? Oh, it's you and your brother. Oh, you're both having so much fun. Cute. Yeah. I'm gonna carry it around and protest until my God gives me my brother back. And it's like a picture of her pulling Gage around in the wagon that all kids have at one point in life. Good old Red Racer. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the... It, Red Flyer, my bad. And then, uh, Lewis gets tired of this conversation and, like, yells at his daughter to, you know, go back to bed and stop talking about this shit. Did you not like him either? Because <laughs> he doesn't say a fucking thing. He's too no, he's, busy being dead inside. No, he does actually yell at her, and that's why she runs off and starts crying. I thought she, he just didn't fucking respond, and no. she just leaves. No. Okay. No, he actually, like, said something fairly mean to her, and she ran off crying. Because she ran off and, like, f dropped face first into the couch. Like, into the couch. And Lewis was like, you should go, you should snap out of this and go be go. a father to her. And he just, like... He disassociates even harder, and then Judd's just like, fine, I guess I'll be the grandpa. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, uh, Judd comes back after, you know, he's taking care of that, and he's just like, I know what you're thinking about doing, 
Don't do it. Don't do it, Lewis, please. <laughs> when you asked me forever ago that I forgot to mention, uh, when if anyone had ever buried a person up there and I knocked over my beer and surprised and told you no, weirdly enough, I was lying. <laughs> it did happen once to this boy named Timmy. And he weren't the same. <laughs> he came but they come back meaner. The ground is soured, and that means when it, when they come back, they're they're not themselves. Yeah, and like, and it had this flashback of this guy fucking like chewing on a cow leg and mm-hmm. essentially being a zombie. <laughs> essentially, and then like all the townspeople get together yeah, to go like a smart zombie. <laughs> they can talk. Mm-hmm. The townspeople come and like start. Uh, dousing the house in gas. The guy's like, come on, and I kept trying to convince the father who brought him back to life in the first place to, like, come on, he's like, he's not right, come on, you gotta run. And, like, get out while you can, man. Uh, Timmy's pants get set on fire, and then the dad is just like, okay, I'm gonna go now. And then the son is just kind of like, no, dad, love dad, hate living. And then he drags his dad further into the fire with him. And then they both die. I thought the guy, like, no, leave my boy alone. I think it was was both. I thought he... It was that, and then it went to, you know, he was just like, I shouldn't be in here, I'm gonna die too. Yeah, okay. Because, like, well, I His common sense kicked in too late. Exactly. You know, as it do in horror movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... And like, I I think I may have killed your son, Louis, because I introduced you to that place, and now... And now your kid's killed your son, and I'm sorry, it's all my fault. And he's like, shut up, Judd. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Judd, you're fine. You're like Grandpa. You didn't do it. (laughs) And then, um... Judd's just like, promise me you're not going to do the thing I think you're thinking of. I'm thinking about going to bed. <laughs> Judd's just like, okay, call me if you need anything. And uh, later it shows the funeral of the, the kid, and Lewis's father-in-law goes, if you, like, fucking picks a fight and starts screaming at him that, like, like, why weren't you paying attention? Why'd you let him run into the road? This is your fault. You never should have been part of our family or whatever. And just, like, really mean shit. And, like, she could... His wife could have definitely went up there and, like, stopped her dad from saying any of this shit. And, like... And then the guy starts throwing a punch. And, like, father-in-law fucking throws a punch at Lewis and it turns into a fight. And things get knocked over, including the coffin. And so for a second, the coffin lid snaps open and you see the little kid's hand. And then it snaps shut again. To which the father starts sobbing even harder. And it's just like, you did this! And, and someone like, stops him like, dude, it's your it's your son's funeral. Oh, come on, man. And like, exactly, it's my fucking son's funeral. I should Excuse me while I murder this man. <laughs> for knocking over my son's casket. Like, come on. But no, he he, he apparently turns suddenly rational. <laughs> mm-hmm. Calms down. Which is kind of dumb. 
but like whatever. You're stronger man than I. <laughs> and then he sends his daughter and wife off with her parents, promising that he'll join them in a few days. I think he was implying that they were. He was trying to like sell their house or something like that, mm-hmm. or get something settled, or getting everything closed out. Yeah, something was happening. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was staying behind, or that was his, his excuse. And meanwhile, the daughter's talking to, like, her grandpa, and it's just like, I, you should tell Daddy to come with us because I had another bad dream, and Pax Cow and all this shit. Yeah, Pax Cow said to, is a friendly ghost, and he t- said to, to stop my Daddy from doing this thing. <laughs> yeah, or, I don't know. Something along those lines. And, um, mean, uh, and then, like, and, like, oh, honey, you're just being silly and and nine. Let's get on the plane. Uh-huh. And so Lewis goes immediately to the fucking uh, cemetery and starts digging up his son. Uh-huh. And, like, he's made these perfectly, like, little flat mounds around. Like a bunch of small ones instead of one big one. So when the cop goes by, he can duck in the grave. And, like, they just think it's normal, even though his bag of tools is leaning against a tombstone. Was it? Uh Uh-huh. Like, in plain sight, just leaning against it. But, like, he was further back in the cemetery, and it was just a mindless sweep, so... Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, then he starts giggling like crazy once he realizes he can do this. Got away with it. (laughs) It's God's plan, Schiff. And then he gets Gage out of the casket, and he just sits there holding him for, like, way too long. And, like, the universe around him keeps telling him, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Even Pascal's back, like, hey, <laughs> this sucks, but, like, don't. I this is literally what I was worrying you about. <laughs> don't do this thing you're gonna do. And meanwhile, he's just, like, sob laughing. Like, nah, it's cool. I'm gonna bring him back. And starts making his way back to the uh, the old Indian burial ground, which now he has to do that whole long ass hike after ha- digging up six feet of dirt, and now he has to do that whole long ass walk with something heavier than a cat. Uh huh. Like he gets his kid buried. This time, instead of digging, covers him in rocks. Yeah. And, like, um, the daughter had had another bad dream that uh, her dad was doing something or other. He and and, uh, Gabe were doing something. And, And like... And, like, and and, uh, Pax Cow said to said to stop him or some shit like that and like can you call daddy to make sure he's okay and like the wife is just like yeah i i'll do that just go back to bed and so she goes and she calls their house and he doesn't answer because he's not there obviously he's going on the worst walk (laughs) and then she calls judd and judd judd answers the phone like hello who's this it's Judd, it's me. Can you check on, on Lewis? I have a bad feeling. I now do too. I'll do that for you. Uh-huh. Um, and he like keeps waiting for him to come home because 
I think at this point in the uh, timeline, he hadn't finished digging him up yet. Yeah. Because he was waiting for him to come home, and that's when he fell asleep in his chair on the porch. Mm-hmm. Because he's an old man. Because he's an old man. And it was way late. And then whenever he wakes up next, the lights are on in Lewis's house. Because he's home now. He's passed out on his bed with the lights on. Yeah, and... And at that point, Gage had already come back to life and gone into his father's, like, doctor supplies, pulled out this scalpel that was in this nice box that, like, had a front snap, and it was red velvet on the inside. It was, a fan- it was like a violin case for a scalpel. Uh-huh. And, like, you just see his little grubby toddler hands just, like, hold this fucking scalpel. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, runs off, and uh, he goes into Judd's house. And Judd is about to go across the street, and then he hears a giggle inside. Well, no, he notices the tiny footprints. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, he looked... Oh, God, if I saw tiny footprints, I all the more reason not to go in my house. Yeah, there was, like, tiny, muddy footprints. And, like, at first he had looked towards, you know, their house, and then he kind of, like, did this thing, and then, like, he had to do a double take... Mm. At the ground. Because, like, oh, that's tiny footprints on my porch going inside. I'm going to follow them real quick. <laughs> and then um, he goes inside and he hears the giggling. Here's the giggle. And that takes a few more steps. And then there's, like... giggle and some, like, pit feet pattering. And, well, he throws a ball in the living room. The kid does... All of these are signals that you should probably burn your house down. Right? And so he walks further into his house and goes into the living room and picks up the ball. And then he hears, come play with me. (laughs) And then giggling and running off again. And then he's just like, oh no. And so he pulls out like a fucking, he pulls a knife out of a drawer and starts trying to find the kid. And he's like, where are you? Or whatever. And, like, he starts walking back towards, like, the front door area. And these pots just come clattering down the stairs. More giggling. More giggling. And then he goes up the stairs, just like, ha! One of our cats really wants attention. It's Felix. (laughs) Um, Then, like, he makes his way over to his room. And... Uh, he's, you know, just looking around, and... (laughs) He, you know, moves stuff around in his room, just like, might be over here, looks behind, like, some of the curtains, and then he he hears a noise, like, behind him or whatever, so he looks... He crouches down to look under the bed. And then he hears a noise on the other side of the room, which makes him look up. It's the cat. The cat, right. And, like, he's staring at the cat because how, like, okay, the door front door's open, but how the fuck did you get in here so quickly? And I didn't hear you. And that gives the kid enough time to reach out and slash his Achilles tendon. With a scalpel, like an inch deep. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I hate watching that scene. Uh. And so the old man is just like, ah, because, you know, it fucking hurts. It can't walk now. And, like, he... 
touches it, and, like, his hand comes away covered in blood, and he's just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then he rolls over onto his back, which was a bad idea, because, like, the kid's now walking towards him with the scalpel, like, come play with me, Judd. And, like, slashes at his mouth, old Joker style. And then Judd's just like, uh-huh, please stop. And he, the kid little boy, like, little kid fucking bites out his throat. Uh-huh. And leaves him to just bleed out on the floor. And then this entire time, the mom is currently making her way back home. Because she can hear the ghost of Pascal, but can't see him, really. At least yeah. not yet. Yeah, and so, like, he's been influencing her to, like, go back. And so she finally does make it back, but, like... She chooses to go to Judd's house instead of her own for some reason. Probably because that's the last person she talked to. I think she heard something. Maybe. But anyway, she makes her way into there and, like, she starts making- Yeah, because something got her attention and that's what made her go that way. I don't remember what. Maybe it was the cat? Maybe. I don't remember. And then she makes her way, like, up the stairs, and... Yeah, her 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 trip here was, like, full of interesting shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Like, she almost missed the plane, but, like, thanks to Pascal keeping the door open, she made it. And then, like, please, I need a rental car, but we don't have any. And then he leans over, like, what about that one that just came in, in, like, 20 minutes ago, but has a scratch down the side? Well, well we have this one that came in 20 minutes ago that has a scratch down the side. I'll take it. Uh, okay. <laughs> And then it, like, it tire explodes and she runs into a tree. Yeah. And she has to hitchhike with a fucking trucker. He's like, hop in, babe. And then, like... Oh, good, I'm gonna get molested. (laughs) And then she gets back home and then she goes to check on Judd. And uh, she hears the same, like, giggles and stuff. And just, come play with me, mommy. (laughs) Again. Oh, Oh, Gabe. Or... Gage. Whatever. But, like, um, she has her own hallucination of her sister. Oh, that's right. Like, when she opens the door, it's her sister, like, walking towards her. Hobble over like a fucking swamp witch. Like, Gage and I will get you, sister. We can make sure you never get out of bed again. Yeah! (laughs) Cackle. And then, like, it shows Gage in this little, like, blue velvety dress, little dress shoes, and a top hat, and a cane. And I think he was supposed to be playing with Judd's stuff, but the, but the velvet thing he's wearing is, like, a traditional, like, suit a, a toddler would be in for a funeral. Mm-hmm. So he's wearing funeral clothes. Ew, I think that was supposed to symbolize, like, her sister as well. With the dress thing. Maybe. But, uh... And, like, she's like, Oh, Gabe, I want to play with you, Mommy, he says, slightly covered in blood, holding a scalpel. Uh-huh. And she's and- like, Oh, Gage! And she goes and hugs him. And then he starts slashing at her. And you just hear a slash and a... Ah! And it cuts... And then it cuts to Lewis waking up finally, and, like, he fucking knocks his head into the nightstand. He, like, falls out of bed, and it bounces- his head bounces off the corner table, and just, like, kerthunk! Ah! Like, that hurt me! (laughs) But, like, 
he notices he goes downstairs and he notices these little like footprints all over the kitchen floor. Mm-hmm. That leads to an open case of syringes. Uh-huh. Or, op- or his scalpel case. And like, oh no. And then like, he makes his way out. And, and like a phone rings. And like, hey, come, your- come play with me, daddy. Now- I've played with Judd and I've played with mommy. Now it's your turn. Come play with me, daddy. He says, way more articulate, way more articulate than when he was properly alive. And so, like, he makes it, he first prepares, t- like, a few syringes full of this, like, really strong sedative or something. Clear, it, mysterious clear liquid. Who the fuck knows what it is? I mm-hmm. don't think they wanted to be specific in case they were wrong. And he makes his way over to Judd's place, and he first takes out the cat by tossing it at, like, a stake. And then while it was eating, scooped it up and stabbed it with the syringe. Right in the butt. And, like, he just kind of sets it back down and it's just like, you were a good cat, Church, but this wasn't you. (laughs) He screamed at the thing. Uh He screamed at the thing to stay dead. Shows how much of a cat person you are. Can't even be mean. Can't even be mean to to this horrible cat. Can't even be mean to this horrible cat that turned into a dick. I like cats. It's not even a real cat. <laughs> I just hope that my cats are out there just like, Mom, pay attention to me. We're recording. <laughs> Don't worry, we're in the finale. We're almost done. Um, then he goes inside and like his kid knocks some toy down to him. And like, you know, he picks it up looks at it and like looks up as he sets it down on something and he's like I'm glad you came to play with me daddy and like he starts you know going into Judd's room kind of doing some investigating he looks under the blanket that's kind of draping off of his bed and like Judd's just under the bed dead dead as a doornail and looking real bad and he goes oh god and just puts the blanket back. Uh-huh. And he's like, he's really in shock and kind of grieving when he hears footsteps and giggling off in the hallway. And so he's just like, I gotta take this kid out. And <laughs> holds up one of the needles and starts making his way out into the hallway. And like, the attic door opens and his wife drops out with like hanging by her neck. Yeah. And she's dead. And he's like, he noticeably... Like, understandably, he falls to the ground in a panic because that's my wife. Why is she even here? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, before this, he got a call from his father-in-law saying, Hey, did did Rachel make it back okay? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yep, she's just asleep. Okay, bye. (laughs) Oh, well, her daughter, your your daughter had a weird dream about her and saying she's dead, so, like... And is really freaking out, so I recommend you wake her up. (gasps) Yeah, she wants to talk to her. I got other things to do, Erwin, bye. (laughs) Just hangs up on him. Which, I don't blame him. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all of what we just said happens, happens. (laughs) Because I don't want to repeat myself. Um, and then he, his son also drops out of the attic 
onto him. Screech. Like a fucking gremlin. Mm-hmm. And, like, that knocks the syringe out of his hand onto the staircase. And, like, he's wrestling with his son, who manages to get a good few slashes in on him. Yeah. A super strong toddler with a knife. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, got him good on his chest and above his eye. And, like, this guy manages to fucking get... To throw him across the fucking hallway. And, like, he scoots back. And Gage just gets back up and just kind of stares at him, holding the fucking scalpel, like... And he's like, come here. And, like, he, like, gestures for the little child to come into his arms. Because, like, he's having these flashes back to when Gabe, Gage was still alive and, like, still a sweet little boy. And this lumbering monster in his skin comes toward him. Who's, like, snarling and giggling on and off. And, like, he pulls out the last syringe that he has and he, like, knocked the cap off. He's getting Gage to come over and, like, hug him. And he just kind of... When he gets in range, he just stabs him in the neck. Ah, not fair, Daddy. And then wanders off and dies. It's not fair. And then he... Starts pouring gasoline all over the house. And he lights it on fire. He manages to get his wife out. But only his wife. Yeah, he scoops his wife up, and then, like, Pascal, the ghost, meets him there, outside going, Lois, Lewis, I'm so sorry, but you can't keep making it worse. And he's like, I, I, it'll work this time. She wasn't that dead for that long. It'll work I waited, this time. I waited too long with my... With Gage. With Gage. I, I'm... <laughs> I'm not making the same mistake again. It'll be fine this time. And she just be walks better. through him and just... Presumably goes back to the... And then Pascal is just like, Gage, n- not Gage. Lewis, no, please, stop! And no. then he's fading away. And he goes and, you know, makes the same trip with a woman who is well over 100 pounds. <laughs> and then, like, and then it cuts to him coming home that night covered in mud. And he just sits on the floor of the kitchen with a deck of cards and parts playing solitaire. And then, like, the door... He hears, like, something step up to the door and start opening it. And he looks up with, like, the smile. And, like, you just see these bloody, dirty fingers grip the door and open it. And he's just like, you're back. Finally. It's his disgustingly dirty wife. Uh-huh. And he's just like, I missed you. And he hugs her. And he and as she and as he hugs her, she picks up a knife and it goes black as you hear a scream. And he's like, No! Then credits. And then one of those funky '80s rock music is that they used to like make songs for movies, mm-hmm. like uh, like Weird Science. It's Oingo Boingo. Mm-hmm. Except it, I don't remember what the name of the band was, but it's called Pet Cemetery, and it's like I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. It's fun. It's, it's a, a good, good song. <laughs> it's a good song for what it is. Um. Okay. What would you rate this? Uh, I was about to ask you that. Oh. Um. Uh, call it a seven <laughs> out of ten. I think I was about. I was gonna go there too, cause like. It's definitely an 80s quality movie. The acting could have definitely been better, but, like... The man was a stick of wood until he had to be crazy. Uh Uh-huh. He did crazy well. 
That's all I can say for him. <laughs> but I did, um, while watching this movie, for those of you who have seen The Shining, um, another movie also written by a story by Stephen King, uh, the Shining is a superpower that the little kid has, and that's why he's creepy and like tells the future like red rum shit like that, like and, uh, but his dad goes nuts and his mom to a lesser d- degree also do- goes a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mom in this one actually did go a little like crazy with her shit too. Yeah, see, um, I th- I because the little girl had kept having prophetic dreams. I think. She had has the shining, and that's why her parents were going crazy. It was just made worse because of the burial grounds they were near. Mm-hmm. It brought different bad juju. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because in the shining, the main reason they go nuts is because they're at a hotel that is fucking hella haunted, mm-hmm. and that's why everyone starts going nuts because the mix of his power, like little kid's power, and all these dead malevolent people. Yeah. <laughs> So, scary haunted grounds that are like full of full of demons, combined <laughs> with this little girl's prophetic dreams. Uh huh. Made the dad go psycho bonkers crazy because there were so many times where he could have stopped. He could have, but he was too far gone. Especially with all that work. Uh huh. I just thinking about all that work is making me tired. <laughs> Yeah, the the acting could have been better. But, like, then again, still, like, 80s actors. I think they tr- they were trying to emulate, like, the older acting. <laughs> at least a little bit from what... At least the mom was. What do you mean? Because that was older acting. No, I know, but, like... <laughs> older, older acting, where it's just kind of like, you're kind of more dramatic in a lot of scenes, especially, like, the zoomed-in ones. Because, like, even with the soft lighting and shit, where it looked kind of fuzzy around the edges. Well, the main, well, the guy who played Judd did, was mostly on TV before then, so. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were all too used to TV. Maybe. They weren't used to movies yet, so. Or that was just acting in the 80s. Who knows? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. But, yeah. It's... It's one of my favorites, like to watch, just as a horror movie, because it's really good. It is. It's pretty good. Like of all the Stephen King movies I've seen, though, I like Dolores Claiborne the best. I think. Yeah. <laughs> just Kathy Bates is such a wonderful woman. She was also really good in um, Misery. Yeah, she was. You can't leave me! Whack. (laughs) Yeah. But I I think that's it. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Everybody. (laughs) Um, Check us out on Twitter. We have... I'm trying to post more, but it's... It's hard. It's real hard to post when I have three followers and we're two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The profile picture is the movie clacky thing. And it's uh, Twitter at the joint review pot. (laughs) Joint review pot. Yeah. 
And we will see you on, we'll catch you on the next episode. I'll catch you on the flip, flip, flip. Bye. Bye.